I don't think I, I don't remember a period of my life in which I felt any kind of like real satisfaction or peace, any kind of, you know, genuine happiness. I think I've always been dreaming about things I wanted to do, imagining stuff that I should have done, regretting failures and, and looking backwards. Most of us have two lives. The life we live and the unlived life within us. We all have our own road to walk. Nothing's perfect and there's going to be a price for everything. There are no rules. Welcome to The Resistance, featuring meaningful conversations. I think I'm grieving the death of part of me. It's not about being the star and being seen. It's about... That explore that very space between who we are and who we say we want to be. I'm your host, Matt Connor. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Resistance. My name is Matt Connor. And I am Jay Kirkpatrick. Boy, that was like very pronounced. <laughs> you know what? I have to do that often. For some reason, people think my name is Jake because I say it so quickly. I'm from <laughs> Muncie, Indiana, and I'm like, really? You think my name is Jake? Irk Patrick is my last name. Irk Patrick. Yes, from the long line of Irk Patricks. <laughs> you have the Muncie mumble. <laughs> I do. It's, uh, it's, a, uh, it's one of the uh, love languages, I think. You could you could get a second career as a king on the king of the hill like voiceover. Guy. <laughs> exactly, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> Jay, today on the podcast is something I can really relate with. Have you ever just been in a space where you're so frustrated with where you're at because you can't get to where you think you need to go creatively, professionally? Like it's out there at some like carrot on a stick form. And you can't figure out why you can't get there, but it's like really just like taking you over because you're like in this liminal space. Well, you know what, Matt? It probably would have been better if you would have asked me when that isn't the case. Because <laughs> <laughs> that feels like pretty much mostly a creative. Sure. It's like most of my creative life is like mm-hmm. I can I can name the times when that wasn't the case. And those are like the high moments. Those you know, so. <laughs> Sure, sure. Yeah. I, I um I bring it up because I mean I, that's the space I've been in lately just so frustrated personally with some things because I want to be in a different space maybe even physically in a different place and doing different things than what I am and I struggle with like why can't I get to or at the thing that I want and that is th- really the driving force behind today's conversation I sat down with a band called The Naked and Famous. They're a wonderful Australian pop band that's now a duo. Um, And both Elissa and Tom were so kind with their time, but also with their honest story about this band that debuted back in 2010 that was playing on several continents after releasing their first album and then wondering earlier this year whether it was even going to last. And really the process there was all about that. It was a their new album is called Recover and it actually chronicles musically what it means to think it's all going to fall apart and then having actual like the process of falling apart becomes the art itself. So it was holding out thinking they needed to make this thing like way out in front of them and really what ended up being the substance of the album was what they were going through. And it just made me think, and I don't know, Jay, if you have anything on this, but 
it just made me think so much the process is the art that needs to be created versus like like the product that you think you're supposed to get to. Yeah, I mean, I think even, you know, you want to go to a meta symbolic level. I mean, the truth is, is, is we are so afraid of most of the process. You know, we're afraid of the pain, we're afraid of the struggle. And, and if we, if we just allow it, you know, to just kind of work through, process through, because I mean, honestly, the struggle really isn't a lot of times the things that are coming at us aren't the issue. It's actually what we're carrying and how we're because of what we're carrying, how we're responding and reacting to those things that actually are the issues. And we can kind of move through and let kind of the struggle. Yeah. What's the, what's the illustration you used? I I think we were talking and it was like, let the kind of this, the water rush over you, like, you know, as like you're the stone and it molds and shapes you. And I think one of the things that I think is beautiful on a meta level is you see these guys work through process through and out comes a beautiful poppy song that's really awesome and uh and you know and it's symbolically you know the truth is is as the people that have worked and gone through the hardest things are typically the ones that i feel like are the most beautiful and interesting and most the people i want to be around rather than those who've avoided all those things and made it life comfortable and don't have anything like any scars and i think that's the cool thing about this meta and just on a lower and higher level it's it, it's it was such a cool interview and to think about those kind of things as you were talking to them hmm. yeah if, if you've never heard the naked and famous it's it's immediately catchy synth pop music that is birthed out of really vulnerable moments painful experiences and i just love that they're somehow able to process these things and offer them up in honest ways and yet also it's just catchy as hell so it's it's like enjoyable on a superficial level and also the meat is there if you want to dig for it it's the same thing with our conversation today we sat down with both Alyssa and tom and uh yeah we hope you uh you enjoy the conversation here is my talk with the naked and famous Welcome to The Resistance. My name is Matt Connor, and I'm your host. Today, I am really thrilled and have waited for this conversation for a while. I'm here with the naked and famous, both with Elisa and Tom. You guys want to weigh in? How are you today? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good this morning. Thank you. Great. Very tired, but I'm alive. <laughs> it's still morning on the West Coast where you're at, and it's normally hard to get any artist to talk before noon. Are you are either are either of you morning people at all, even late morning? Um, I think out of the two of us, I'm definitely the morning person. But there was a period in in my life in our twenties, I remember not being able to wake up earlier than ten a.m. But <laughs> yeah, now now I've got that. I got that under wraps. I'm, I'm good now. I can get up at eight a.m. <laughs> well, hey, I'd love to start our podcast um, where we always start. We have source material from. Uh, Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art. And I just want to read this line. And really, Elisa, you or Tom, either one of you can kind of choose to be the first to answer, and then we'll just take it wherever it rolls from here. The quote goes like this. Most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. And between the two stands the resistance. 
I guess I'd love to get from from either one of you to start what you do with that quote. How does that feel to you to have the life that you're living and the life that you're wanting to live and 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 the tension or the resistance that you feel there? What does that look like? Oh man, I this resonates with me so deeply right now because at the moment I am unable to go to sleep at night. I don't I'm not falling asleep as well as I used to because I think about all of the things that I am yet to do, the the songs that I'm wanting to write, the songs that are unfinished, the projects that I'm wanting to pursue, mm-hmm. and just my mind just starts spiraling. I just have to take, you know, Xanax to help me sleep. So this is actually where I am at this present moment. So this resistance in my waking life and in my interior life are definitely at odds with one another at the moment. So I'm kind of working through it right now. <laughs> Tom, what about for you? Are you relating to that like like she is? Are you feeling in a in a maybe a, a less frictional period? Um, well, that's very kind of you to assume, but I think I'm worse. <laughs> I think I'm actually, I think I'm worse and I've always been like that. And I think I'm constantly, I don't think I, I don't remember a period of my life in which I felt any kind of like real satisfaction or peace, any kind of, you know, genuine happiness. I think I've always been dreaming about things I wanted to do, imagining stuff that I should have done regretting failures and and looking backwards yeah i think i'm i'm, I'm a, de- a pretty pretty deeply sort of depressive person yeah so that, that that to me that's almost like the icing on the cake that statement um you know i i i i do definitely relate to it i think m- for me being an artist was very much a manifestation of that uh, i couldn't bear the idea of of having a regular job of of doing a um, a normal thing with my life and i think i was just absolutely miserable about normality uh as a child and then as an early adult and a teenager i just i was so depressed by the prospect of of normal life and all i wanted to do was do whatever i wanted and i had this kind of like belief in music that it was going to give me this purpose and meaning and this otherness and it was going to be you know this adventure uh yeah so so yeah I i think i have like always been living um that it's a kind of sentiment in that statement. Is, is that common ground for you both to stand on? Do you talk internally about kind of being in that same place or, or is this pretty, pretty different for each of you? It's weird. I think, I don't think we talk about it. <laughs> I don't think we talk about it at all. <laughs> I think it's kind of just like unspoken. And, and I guess some days when Tom and I have to do something, finish something, or we schedule to write something. It's kind of just this unspoken thing that we work out in the room. And he might be having a day where he's just feeling this so deeply. And I'm kind of like on the other end of it. And I'm like, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, why aren't we moving quick enough? Like, why, why was, why is this day moving so slowly? Like, why are the ideas just like coming up so slowly? I don't understand. Like, is there something wrong? I think we forget that we we both deal with this internally and we never actually speak about it. I I speak about it to my to my other um friends who are musicians and artists, but oddly don't speak about this with Tom. <laughs> <laughs> How let me let me ask this and I I know kind of 
I know part of this already because all of us have even talked about this new album before. And so I know this was a really a tumultuous time, but this makes me curious about when you're, when you each referred to where you're at with resistance right now, how much of that is made more difficult because you're working these things out creatively with someone else and how much of it is actually helped because there's a bit of community here within the naked and famous. Tommy, you want to go first? Yeah, I was, um, I'm not sure to be honest. I feel floored by the question. I don't know that I deal with it. That's really the, the, the maybe is, is, do you think that's at the core of what you're asking is whether we, whether we uh, like cope with it somehow or, or address it? Cause I, I, what? sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 please, please continue your thought and I can, I'll follow up if I need it. Oh, I just, I, I, I don't know if I do. I think I'm just constantly, uh, I think I'm just repeating myself. I'm not sure if I address it. I feel like music has not given me, you know, I was saying before, I feel like music has not given me the, those big answers. It's given me like a life that I, that I feel less, uh, depressed by for sure. Like, you know, I feel very privileged and very lucky and very grateful to be doing what I'm doing, but it hasn't gotten rid of or, provided me with any kind of antidote to that you know it's almost was it is it socrates the unexamined life is that, is that am i attributing that quote to the right philosopher <laughs> you know i'm not sure that music has, has sort of made me feel any more at ease about the ideas about the life that i think i'm supposed to be living or that i want to be living and it just feels like an endless chase oddly i think getting rid of that feeling is probably something uh, that maybe like meditation or mindfulness or you know stoicism would would help more with but i don't know if i have the patience for that so i think maybe art is the next best thing i'm not sure i'm not sure i feel like the resistance in our creative partnership is difficult and it has actually impaired us and aided us at the same time. Tom and I both have very strong ideas on on how we think songs should be finished and written. And we will fight tooth and nail for our ideas, for the best idea to win at times. And then again, that kind of drive and ambition really impairs our process as well. So it's like a never-ending, a never-ending merry-go-round that we're on and some days are really good when tom and i are on the same page and and there is no resistance in sight but it's just so this kind of word it really does embody a lot of our process for us and the making of recover was so so difficult because of that the the worst part of the process for us both during the making of this record was when I just couldn't, you know, I just felt like we weren't being very nice to each other and decided that we needed to just press pause for a few months and just think about how we would move forward because we had hit this impasse and neither of us could agree on on anything or get on the same page, you know. The, that was the biggest resistance during the period of time we were making this album and getting through it you know we we just fought for the best what we thought were the best ideas and and um that is now our album 
Was was Recover the cornerstone track there, the actual song itself? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it was. How did you know, how did that present itself in a way that you're like, uh, here we go? Well, the, all the months leading up to that point that we were writing songs for our record, I threw some pretty bold statements towards Tom and we had to go through some growing pains. You know, I said to him, I, I really want to make this record with you, but if we make another record like the last one, I'd rather not make one at all. We need to evolve and we need to grow. And however we're working at the moment, I just feel like we're not heading in that direction. So me just kind of like throwing that kind of big bomb in the room really helped us move in that direction and recalibrate. And so we had a lot of days where we would just write in the studio and and have a song at the end of the day. And I would just feel like this was not, not the place that I wanted to go for us creatively. And, um, when we began co-writing and, and working with people that were kind of bolstering us creatively and supporting our vision and, and knowing that we wanted to move in a fresh direction and the people that we were working with knew our dynamic, you know, that was really paramount to the process. We ended up writing Recover. And that was just like such a breakthrough, having other people in the room and reinvigorating our creative process was just so massive for any kind of improvement i guess is is the word it was also i want to say that it was the moment where um like each each record that we've made there's there's one song that i feel like i can i can highlight that is like a real moment of inspiration where one of us uh well i mean i feel like i can i can highlight elisa's ones more because i'm on the receiving end of them like i get to witness them happening like there's just these moments of just pure inspiration and and i feel i feel really confident that this is where a lot of the vast uh, you know amount of significant pieces of art and music this is how they happen is you know they're not discussed they're just kind of pulled out of the ether and they come really really quickly you know you don't sit there kind of laboriously talking and uh, you know about this kind of song you want to create and the kind of mood that you want to express and blah 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 blah. you just you just kind of get fixated on an idea and you just go and it all comes out it's and and the first version of that was young blood it was like zero discussion i wrote the song she wrote some lyrics i wrote some extra lyrics we recorded it boom it was done no discussion no like oh should we slow it down should we speed it up what do we want to say just that came out and then recover was like this as well alisa just wrote this song in her head when she was driving to the session we were we were gonna start the day and she kind of burst into the room she's like i've got it i've got the song for the day sings the chorus just like in the doorway when i feel my bones get heavy sinking like a stone and heady sometimes Every time I felt my heart ache From falling in love by mistake Sometimes I
and that was it. We just immediately finished the song in a matter of hours. You know, honestly, the song was written, produced, practically recorded, probably in under five hours. And that's, <laughs> that's like it. Every record of ours has like one of those songs where it's just like, yep, that's it. That's the centerpiece. I feel like I've heard a lot of stories about tracks like this that come together, you know, the last song to get finished before the album comes out in like a month, you know, it ends up being the single or, you know, something like that. So, so I feel like these moments of real inspiration are always special. They're very memorable and you can't teach them. That's the other tricky thing. You can't learn how to do that in school. I also had like a lot of apprehension about the song being the centerpiece and, and Tom and my management, they were both like, Elisa, like, what's wrong with you? Like, this makes so much sense. Like, this makes so much sense to be the album opener. This makes so much sense for the title of the record. I'm like, I don't know. It's just, it's so vulnerable. And I just wasn't able to see beyond, beyond that at the time. But eventually I came around and, and there you have it. But uh, yeah. (laughs) Does that feel congruent with other times though? Like when those things have proven true, when it's this anchor piece that's meant to be the theme of the album or the the opening track or whatever, are those usually the most vulnerable moments, the ones that feel kind of that there's some resistance to even putting it out there in that way? Absolutely. There have been so many moments in our career where we've written a song and um, and I have that feeling of like not knowing what I'm doing, feeling like I'm treading ground that I've never tread before. And that feeling is often associated with something really <laughs> good. When we wrote Youngblood, the way I'm singing in that track is like a signature identifier of our band. And before, th- before that, I was really into listening to Fiona Apple and PJ Harvey and Feist, and they all kind of like have this kind of jazzy, low timbre in their vo- voices. And the day that we wrote Youngblood, Tom was like, hey, I want you to try and sing this just like, wow, just like reach for the rafters when you sing this. And I'm like, I feel so stupid. I'm like, why are you making me sing like this? This is no- I feel like I sound so stupid. <laughs> and just that feeling of like not knowing what I'm doing, but I'll do it anyway and see what happens. That feeling usually is a good indicator that we're onto something good. <laughs> Take me back to this decision, and and um and if and if it's like uncomfortable at all, we don't have to talk about it at all. But I guess I'm curious about this decision to come in and say, however it was delivered, I can't make another album like the one that we just did. So if we're gonna make another one, it's got to be some new evolution of things. That feels like a fearful moment on both sides. Like, gosh, I gotta. I'm going to drop this bomb and it's going to take a lot for me to say this. And it also feels hard to receive. And I guess I just wonder from your perspective for both of you, how was that exchange? And yeah, I'll leave it at that. Oh, it was, it was difficult for me to say it because, you know, we'd been a band for a decade and we'd, we've done things a certain way for so many years. And I remember being very upset, just but feeling the need to, to have this conversation and I knew that it would lead to all sorts of tension and tears but yeah I don't know Tom what was what was your side of receiving this like (laughs) um I I uh think that 
just to kind of pull it back to your original, the original question or the original thing we were, they were all talking about here, the, the life you want to live, the life inside. Uh, I, I always wanted to be a musician. I'm not good at anything. I'm average at some things. And I, I, I consider myself like a jack of all trades, master of none. I don't know if you know that saying, but I'm not exceptional at anything. So I don't think I've ever had real talent. I've just had determination. I've been able to weather a few things. I've got perseverance. I think that's something I've got. But being able to actually become a successful musician, doing something that connected with people, I feel like an imposter. You know, I feel like wow. Wait till wait 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 till anyone finds out that I'm that I'm just a hack. You know. So for me, turning away from this or or any threat of it disappearing, I've got nothing to fall back on. I have no, I don't believe that I could do anything else. You know, I'm not sure if I'll ever do anything as successful. I don't have any reason to believe that I could do anything as, you know, more successful. I feel like, you know, I've, I've, I've accidentally managed to, to do something successful and I'm determined to hold on to it. So, you know, I, I guess, I guess it seems obvious that how that kind of thinking would make one behave or, or react to the idea of, you know, something, something going away. It felt very threatening. So I, yeah, I'm determined to hold on to this. And I, I feel like I go through this kind of, this sort of thinking more now as I'm getting older, because I think it's just like maybe a maturity thing. You just wonder how long you can keep doing something for and how long you can keep your dream alive. You know, it's just, it's just, I think it's, part of the cynicism of age uh you know whether what you're doing is still appropriate whether it is uh stifling you or holding you back or whatever but then i then i just swing back to yeah but this is this is your thing this is what you've done this is your legacy don't even it's, it's, and then i almost think that i'm <laughs> you know do you know that scene in spinal tap when nigel tufnell's like don't even look at it when he's like talking about the guitar that's me and, and sort of, and the idea of letting go uh, of uh, making famous. I'm just, don't, don't even look at it. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a weird analogy. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. And I, I, it's interesting to hear you both talk about these really vulnerable. Um, I guess when I think of your band, I'm thinking, uh, maybe I should just ask, like, how many different continents have you played? on together oh my god <laughs> Don't I, Not sure um so many at least at and i at and i are really bad as well like we're, we're just like people will say you know where, where's your favorite place to play and we'll just both kind of draw blanks and be like where have we been again <laughs> we're so like bad at remembering um but all over europe all over america we've done europe uh, south america north america um we've done asia Australia. Um, and Australia and New Zealand, the only place that we haven't visited is like Africa, Africa, you know. But we've yeah. been to South Africa. We've done, we've done South Africa. So when you've, I mean, when you've played all over, you know, in both hemispheres and, and, and toured the globe, I guess I would think that you would acquire a sense of confidence that, Hey, we know what we're doing, or at least we're confident enough that we could tap into things that we've tapped into before. But it all sounds very and not vulnerable, very fragile. It all sounds very fragile when you talk about it. 
Why does it feel that way, do you think? I don't know. Some days it isn't, and some days it is. Some days it's like easy to look at, you know, to check the temperature by going on your Spotify page and seeing how many monthly listeners or followers you have. You know, sometimes it's very easy to sort of, to reassure yourself that no, no, this is, this is, this is real. It's here to stay. It's not going away. But then there are other, there are other weird moments that are easier to forget. But at the time when you're experiencing them, when you're going through them, like getting denied a press outlet or something and you feel like, Oh God, it's all going away. (laughs) No one cares. So I think it taps into like something really interesting about artists, which I, I feel like I've talked about before, but the idea of validation and looking and seeking validation. I think we are, you know, I believe, I really believe we are seeking and looking for validation. And it's one of the things that keeps many artists going, artists going. And I think in a way that most of them aren't admitting, or they're not being honest and they're not being self-aware about it. Well, they haven't read anything about like psychology. So they're just totally you know, ignorant of, of this idea of validation and how important it is and how much of a driving factor. Well, if it wasn't for any of those little validations across our career, I don't know if we'd still be wanting to be in this band. Maybe we would, you know, pivot and, and start other projects or something. But like, absolutely. Yeah. Very, like, very early on when we released our first EP, we were signed to an indie label at the time and, we released our first single and it, it like went straight to number one on the New Zealand alternative charts and in college radio. And it was the first EP to receive a five-star rating and be written about in the Sunday Herald and the never reviewed EPs that only reviewed albums. So just like early on 2006, we were like, Whoa, what, what, what is this? I, I guess we're onto something. <laughs> and Tom and I had only written, not even a handful of songs at the time, you know? So that kind of validation early on was like, oh, you know, I've always, this is the life that I've chosen to live. And, you know, this is so encouraging. I'm, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep writing. Let's, let's just see what else happens. And you apply that mentality over and over again. And, and we're still here like 10 years later. It's, it's kind of insane. Recover to me as an album, but certainly as a song, feels like a new chapter and then maybe to start our conversation it sounds like maybe not <laughs> like i like i i guess when i when i like listen to it and i know what i know about the album it just feels like oh maybe this is the new confident self this is the album that you said we have to make one like this and then you did does it feel like that new chapter or do you feel like nope i'll probably throw down the gauntlet between now and the next album too <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel I feel like the new uh, us and, and a step forward. Yeah, me too. It makes me think every time we do this as well, like I go through this internal struggle each time we put out an album where, and again, it, this I feel like this ties back to the initial question, idea, statement that you brought up, which is defining yourself and, and who you want to be in life. And I think when I was like 18, 19 or whatever, I was, all I wanted to do was be a musician and I imagined myself being like kind of like a solo musician. One of my idol was Trent Reznor and I, Nine Inch Nails was like my favorite band and I wanted to be like that. I wanted to be like a singer, producer, whatever. And I just, I was thinking about myself. It wasn't that I, uh, that I had any 
firm opinions about you know our collaborators or teammates and and whatnot but i just you know i had a, a goal and a reference point and that's it and then elisa and i started making music and it's not that i wasn't serious about it but it, it had it didn't match or map this imagined picture in my head and granted i was 18 and this is like you know 2005 so i feel like i'm you know I feel disadvantaged when I see today's kids and how much information they have, how much access they have. That's a, that's a side note, but you know, so um, I never imagined the naked and famous being the thing that defined me. And then it became the thing that defined me. And then I, I sort of was like, Oh wow, this is, this is the real deal. It's not what I imagined, but it actually is what I imagined. It's just that I, I had, you know, a very self, centered or you know small view of what like success might look like or what becoming a real artist was going to mean for me and then as soon as it started to gain traction and snowball i i was just like pivoted and i was like i gave up on that idea of anything that resembled nine inch nails or myself as a trent reznor-esque kind of character and i was like oh (laughs) fuck that like this is perfect i'm gonna do this I'm, i'm and uh and then, and then I think whilst we're doing the Naked and Famous, I have these moments where I go, oh, I maybe should write a song just for me and do my own thing. And then, and then the Naked and Famous gets validated and all the artistic effort that goes into it gets validated. And I go, oh, no, 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 no. Don't worry about that solo idea. Don't be so self-indulgent. This is the thing that you've been lucky enough to be successful with. Pour yourself into it. Don't waste time imagining this kind of other success which is you know it, it's like it's almost like i'm tr- i'm reacting against this kind of selfish or childish impulse to to you know uh yeah I'm, it's just it just seems like rock star imaginary childish fantasies when i'm really <laughs> living like a real a real working artist's life i kind of get irritated at myself for doing that and putting this album out it's it's given me that charge again where i'm like oh why why did i ever imagine that i might do anything separate i've spent my entire life building and and putting pouring myself into this and knowing me it's i'm just better to do one thing at a time so i should this this is both the continuation and then another restart so i hope that was uh i hope you could follow me there (laughs) rambling a bit i'm very tired that's not to say that you're not allowed to explore other words tom because i know you have other interests like you know a dream to score film and immerse yourself in that world and i know that there are other things that you want to explore that don't fall under the umbrella of the naked and famous you know maybe the naked and famous will help you get there but like you know yeah but it but it might not but not not, and that's the thing i have no i have no nothing no i have nothing to lean on to imagine that i might get there do you know what I mean? Like, I, I there's no, there's, I have nothing firm to grab onto to think. Oh yeah, I would. My, the Naked and Famous would give me some career in scoring. You know, it's just, it's a delusion more than anything because it's so unrelated to reality. I have nothing to prove it. That you, no one else can prove it for me. So the the realest thing I have is the Naked and Famous. So and then I just think, well, it would be foolish of me, so incredibly unwise and uncalculated and illogical, to not pour myself into this and then to you know to speak, speak to your point at least uh, about scoring you know i think well then then naked and famous should score something i i i, I, I remove I myself from it like, because it's just i feel like this is just something you're working through it's fine <laughs> there you know i guess 
I guess from an outside perspective, there is a flip side to say what you've described as your most successful are the things that are not logical. The songs that appear out of out of nothing and take no time at all to write and record and that and that maybe I don't know, maybe there's something to following something that's not so logical when when it's presented itself. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm saying, <laughs> and I'm outside of it. No, uh, you're 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 onto something for sure. Um, yeah, I feel like so much of, of music is very illogical. It's not a good place for logic. Even though I'm I'm saying all this now, I, I you know it's. Yeah, I think that's a really really important part of it that you know I struggle with. To be honest, it is not a good it, music. Is not an art. Is not a good place for logic. And I get I get trapped in that sometimes in that, in that way of trying to think. Well, hey, I would love to give you guys. Um, I'd love to give you the chance to tell us. Uh, I'm, obviously, we're all affected <laughs> um, in major ways with this pandemic. But but are there things that you would like to tell us about that are coming up that you know about? Like what's next? Like what we're working on? Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. I guess Tom and I are just going to since we can't <laughs> since we can't tour this record which is very sad for the both of us. We're just um, dipping our toes into writing new material and working on some collaborations with other artists at the moment. So we're just trying to get back on that on that wagon and exercising that muscle again. You know, we've been in prom- promotion campaign album mode for the last few months and it's nice to be able to flex that writing muscle again. But we're also working on making a music video to support our song everybody knows which is a song that everybody seems to be excited about so yeah we're just working on on making art um as the next the next step you've been listening to the resistance if you've enjoyed this episode please rate us on itunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast app For more information and further episodes, you can find us at listentotheresistance.com. Engineering, production, and additional music by Jake Kirkpatrick. My name is Matt Connor, and I'm your host. Thanks for listening.